0: Good scholarly theology is, for me, like a good fruit salad. Start off with some apple juice. That's the biblical knowledge. Throw in some mango. A bit of mysticism, a bit of philosophically, a bit of, you know, worldly what's going on, to keep you grounded so you don't get too bubbly. Theologically and scholarly bubble then big, big, big dump of cherries in there, a little bit of sweetness, you know, that's going to be, you know, the science, and then finish it off with uh, the old grapes.
1: Welcome to the OnScript podcast, your home for world-class conversations on scripture and theology, where you get to meet some of the best in the field. Visit us at onscript.study. Say hello on Twitter at onscriptpodcast and stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash onscript. Hey Onscript listeners, this is Matt Lynch back with a new episode. And I feel like the world has changed so much since we had our last episode released. And uh, we're on lockdown here in the UK and everything has come to a halt. So, um, but we're going to go on with regular programming at OnScript and, uh, just know that, uh, we're thinking about all of you who are listening in and hoping that you're doing okay. And that the podcast provides some, uh, something of a distraction or maybe, um, or maybe even some comic relief. So, um, here we go with a new episode and we we have our friend Irvine Shablatsom back on the show for the third time. And I think you're really going to like this one. Okay. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, OnScript listeners. We've got a very special guest today, back for the third time. We're thrilled to have Professor Irvine Shablatzum with us. Professor Shablatzum is a scientist and a biblical scholar who focuses on the Apostle Paul and works year round at his laboratory and farmstead in the Lake District here in the UK. He's the author of several books, including Paul Multiverse Theory and The Journey of the Inner Soul, also Fault Lines in the Horizon, Paul's Dawning Age marches on. Today we'll be discussing his most recent book, Feathers on the Nose, Paul's Radical Pastoral Theology for the Non-Anthropic World. Professor Schablatsen, welcome to Onscript.
0: It is so good to be with you, Matthew.
1: Well, great. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you back. Now this is uh, your third time on the show, and we've usually had you on the show around the time.
0: Three's a charm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and we've usually had you on the show around this time of year. Uh, you've written a number of fascinating studies and bring us something really new and fresh each time. That's something I've really uh, appreciated about your work. Uh, so for our listeners who aren't familiar with what it is that you do um, with your work, what would you say are the characteristic concerns and ideas that, that kind of weave their way through
0: through all your work? Gosh, we're going straight in for the big question today, aren't we? Wow. Um I think a longing and a thirst for bringing truth to people. I just think in a world of 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 wokeness and of you know fake news and you know uh, you know people there, there are so many people pretending to be people they're not. And I just think it's it's time for the truth. Yeah, th- you know? there's a real hunger for
1: authenticity. I think uh, definitely. Yeah,
0: my truth may, is not my tr- my truth. You know, post modernism my truth is the truth. Well, is it? Mm, that's a
1: good question. Um, but before we get to your book, I want to ask about uh, the kinds of things that, that take place at your lab in the Lake District. You've talked about some of this before. Uh, not mm. not everyone who's mm. listening to this episode will be familiar with uh, what it is you do there with you and your colleague, Dave. Um, uh, w- first of all, what made you decide to locate your, your lab in the Lake District? I mean, a lot of people will have a, you know, a big scientific laboratory in London or maybe in Cambridge or Oxford. But what made you put it in the Lake District?
0: You know, I think people who live in London, particularly scholars and scientists, would would actually they they try to bring the scholar and the science to them. I go where the science is. Lake District for people who don't know, because I, I I get in my head around more clearer about what 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 your audience is like, and you know, hello America, hello, um, and other countries, hello, um, and I think that like if you guys imagine Yellowstone, I've done some googling, like a, like a Yellowstone. Just much, much
1: Yellowstone like National Park.
0: That's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine that. Put that in your brain for, your, for the Americans out there, um, and just make it into a miniature version. Okay. But without the huge mountains, without the geysers, without the the wild animals, uh, that is the Lake District in the UK. Okay. So that for me is a kind of hub of, uh, you know, it's almost like, dare I say a Garden of Eden in the in the in, the, in the, the the first bit not the second bit the the, the first bit um uh before the tree thing that's i a little bit just a little bit like that so by putting my uh, uh center of uh well i like to call center of excellence <laughs> uh in this location i think then then you, then why not surround yourself with science you know when jesus was teaching he surrounded himself with people right right so why would i not surround myself with science uh well you know the, the scientific realm Right.
1: And uh, so about your book, uh, let's, let's talk about, the first of all, the title, Feathers on the Nose. Um, the subtitle is Paul's Radical Theology for the Non-Anthropic World. So, first of all, talk to me about the main title there. Uh, what's behind the phrase Feathers
0: on the Nose? Mm, absolutely. So, as you probably over the years have experienced from my work, I very much want to send a clear message through my book titles, there's no. Why would you create confusion before someone's even read the book? You know what I mean. So, feathers on the nose, uh, Paul Radical pastoral theology for an non world. I think is a very, very, especially for your audience. Again, hello America. Um, you know, you re- Canada as well. You really get a, a, a. They're not gonna. They're not gonna not understand this. But I'm happy to explain. So let's let's you can help. You can we can work together on how you, how I came up with this. Where Matthew don't you get feathers me personally on, or, or like does no like no sorry a, yeah where don't you find feathers on a a them again latin there for bird so where don't you get feathers on an a them yeah think um, about that Well, think the, about
1: that the, I, typically not in the feet ah
0: uh, okay <laughs> yep okay um yes yep good one uh'm sh- yep uh what about another place oh on the um beak nose feathers on the nose no feathers on the nose okay so that 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 clears that up Paul's radical pastoral theology for the non-anthropic world is so non-anthropic first of all we should probably define that for people if a tree falls in a forest, and no one is there to see it fall, does it fall? That is a clear example of this kind of thing. So what basically anthropic uh, principle is, is, is a philosophical consideration that anything we observe or data we collect about the universe is actually filtered by the fact that in order for it to be observable in the first place, it must be compatible with the person looking. Okay. To make it dead simple, what you observe... Gets affected by the observer. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Yep. That's so my so my work to make it non anthropic is to is to be one with the object of the anthropic study. Yeah. So okay. Paul again, we we know who Paul is uh, the the biblical Paul, not my Paul. Um, he had a theology and he had a pastoral theology. But I found an unbelievable historical figure who has, as Jesus did, removed the scales from my eyes on this subject. So shall we unpack away? So why don't you talk about some of the inspirational figures that
1: you discuss in your book who have really shaped your thinking about the non-anthropic world. So uh, it just I mean, just a point of clarification there for uh, I think you You covered it well, but non-anthropic usually refers to non-human. Spoiler
0: alert! Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. We can't get there yet. You got to slow down, Matt. I can see the excitement. I hear the excitement in your voice, but you got to (laughs) wait. Okay, yeah, sure. Didn't mean to jump the gun there. Go for it. You did jump the gun. So just just give me a sec. So when you again, I don't want to tell you to suck eggs, Matt. You know when you're bringing uh what i would say a game changer of a scholarly idea to the scholarly world i think it's important to have uh you start, like, like they say stand on the shoulders of the giants yeah so i discovered the guy and I, I, i'm going to make an assumption here that you and your listeners hello america has um have heard of this guy so uh, uh, saint francis of Assisi. okay he was a guy um who lived a long time ago, uh, a, a, a God, a God, a father, uh, not Godfather's church, sorry, a father of the church. And, um, this guy, Frank, his work, um, I would describe him as the Dr. Doolittle of his day. Now, not many people know this. That's he, high praise. I think that is high praise. He, not people know this. He actually spoke. Well, he, he, let's just start. He interacted with the animals. I don't think any people, many people know that I think they look at other stuff he did because he did do some other stuff um, but I think they don't appreciate this yeah you know? the
1: extent to which he he's interacted with animals um, so, yeah so what were you know what were some of those interactions like what what inspired you about that work and how does it connect to where, where you see uh, theology and science needing to go
0: yeah. I think the church itself at the moment has 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 a number of, of things it needs to get on, get on top of. And um, one thing that is has worked well over the last couple of thousand years is business. Okay. So what I've done is I've taken a very small business model, as you were, into the Christian sphere. Okay. Now, if I was setting of a business in the scholarly world, I would look for... A new market so i'm looking for i thought if i'm gonna have a, if i want to get the word out there but my scholarly ideas i've got to hit a big market so find a niche find a place that's not been done da, 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 da. uh you know i'm going to become the apple or something of the scholarly world you need to start a new, a new niche so i'm just gonna uh, let the uh, let the let the cat among the pigeons you'll see why well, that's that that's a good uh, a good funny in a, in, a, in a little bit um the pastoral care of the animal kind have we ever really taken time to really seriously think about how important this is? We spend a lot of time with, with, with humans, spend a lot of time with the congregation, checking in on them, pastoral support, all this kind of stuff. Pastoral support for animals. I, ju- it, I just literally, I have a goat and I named him Paul after the Paul of the Bible. Okay. So um, in Paul's there Paul, on your farm. I've I don't I, I don't really want to talk about this to be honest I'm not sure whether I'm ready to talk about this but um um Paul has uh has moved on he is now living um some with someone else um uh he's living on in a sanctuary uh just up the road and is he healthy I mean is he okay yeah, he's absolutely fine, and, and you know, it, it, there is a cost to our work, isn't there, Matt? You give a part of, every every time you write down one of your ideas. I bet a little bit of you goes with it, you know. And I know I've had a loss. I, I'll be honest with you. I've had a I've had a terrible loss. Dave's still around. That's great. But you know, I set up this center of excellence to make real progress in my current work, and we've had we've hit a stumbling. Block. I'll be honest with you. We've really hit a stumbling block you know yeah so
1: you've got a, it, it maybe some background you've got a farm there which is your a, lab.
0: yeah i have a i have a uh, a center of excellence and within it i have a uh i have a a lab area which i use for experiments you know you know it's an ideas you know a, f- a fountain of ideas needs a place to rest as they say so um i'm just gonna have to come out and tell you um but because you're... Uh, hello, America. I just need one thing so that um, d- people understand how how awful and how difficult this has been. In America, we have something in the UK called the RSPCA. What do you guys have in America? We've got the
1: SPCA. And I don't know what the equivalents are in other countries, but it's, you know, the animal
0: control, basically. Yeah. Well, I, I have different words for them, to be honest. But anyway, let's move on. Um, So... <clears throat> This book needed active research. I went on a journey, me and Paul, I thought, this is it. The goal was to see through pastoral, using radical pastoral techniques, grounded solidly in theology, can I pastorally connect with Paul? Mm -hmm. Paul the The goat. goat. The goat, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the anthropic thing inspired me. Okay, so... My neighbour, I'm not going to mention her name on the public public realm, Jennifer Smith, um, wrote a letter. And this is when it all started. She said that I was experimenting on my goat. And the RSPCA wrote me a letter to say we had a complaint about you experimenting on your goat. And, I mean, he's more than a goat to me, but that, let's leave that aside. I wrote back to them trying to clear this up and make it dead straightforward i'm not experimenting on him i'm experimenting with him there's a massive difference on with if i'm using the animal to as in the experiment with them in a partnership very different now that partnership i don't think they understood so that was the friday let's say i then went on the internet oh sorry my research so me and paul i felt i was the problem in pastorally um Working radically pastoralizing Paul. So, if you want to pastoralize somebody, you've got to look internally first. Okay, I did that. Do I look like a Do I look like a goat? Do I act like a goat? Do I speak like a goat? No. So the goat Paul is interacting with the human. So, I want to radically pastoralize Paul. I have to become Paul. Okay. So what does that mean? I can't. to become part I can't become a I can't become a goat can I? I went on the internet, okay? There's a website in America. Hello America. Where you can buy mascots. You know, mm. like at football games. Yeah, yeah, like an outfit. We have a sailor, yeah, like they're a sailor or a buccaneer, all this kind of stuff. There is goat. Three hundred and thirty nine dollars plus shipping to my house. So I had a very bad day on the Friday. I had to send this flipping letter. Saturday, guess what arrives? My mascot outfit, the goat outfit. So I popped a timely, isn't it? So I popped that on, felt so good. I started eating, living with Paul. I ate what he ate and I really started to get a bond. Monday morning, nine o'clock, knock at the door. Okay. Now, method acting is important. So there was a guy that I remember about this guy who played an actor in Lord of the Rings with a sword. He took his sword everywhere because he he wanted to play probably. So knock at the door. I think it's Dave bringing me more food. So I'm like, I'll just go and open the door. Open or, the door. More feed. <laughs> more feed, yes. <laughs> open the door. It's the RSPCA. It's a guy called Norman from the RSPCA. So I was like, this is, you know, I know I'm dressed as a goat, but I can explain myself to him clearly now. So he came in. I went into the, the front room where I'm doing the experiments, and um, there's Paul. We have a shared feeding area between us, and uh, I, I had a very good, clear conversation with this guy called Norman. And do you know what happened, Matt? Do you know what came of that? It sounds like yeah. It sounds like it wasn't good. It took him away. It took him away. They said I wasn't, I wasn't appropriately managing uh, livestock. Um, I've since discovered, I think, you have, you, hello America, Americans have something called, you've heard of the CIA. Yeah, yeah, definitely heard of that. Yep, yep. I call them the center for the interrogation of animals.
1: Okay. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah, it's amazing how those same letters work out to also
0: spell that. There's, if you can do that, there's, a, there's something there. We have MI5 in this country. I think MI5 have got wind of what I'm doing. Do you know about the CIA and the experimenting on goats? No. It was a film. George Clooney made a film about the CIA experimenting on goats. It's on the internet. They tried to, make, they tried to kill them with their minds to, 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 to let the... Telephony. They use you telephony to kill them with their minds. Okay, I, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm trying to, the, I'm trying to radically. All I'm going to say is these few words, and people listening on the internet, particularly, are going to get this: deep state, RSPCA, CIA, CIA, C-I-A. MI five. Yeah. So, so I had. So I finished the story. I then had to go to court. I have a restraining order against me for all goats, all goats in the UK and, and hooved animals. I can't go within a hundred feet of any goat or hooved animal in the UK. My goodness, that seems severe. Deep state. Well, why would you, why would you, if I'm not, if if I was about to make a breakthrough and the deep state want to keep that quiet, shh, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. They keep me away from all the animals because I can't now go to an animal and go, look what I've done with the animal. Um,
1: Let let me just get it straight though, um, because there were a lot of parts to that story. So what you're suggesting is that that this mind control method used by the CIA in 1970s and 80s um, is, they caught wind that you were also engaged in that and wanted to shut it down? Exactly. sort of what you're saying? Exactly. So... why do you think they wanted to shut it down?
0: You tell me. You
1: tell me. Um, I guess they saw it as a threat of some sort. So wh- what exactly did your mind control of a goat look like? Is that is that how you would describe it's it not, as mind control? It's not
0: mind control. It's higher than that. It's 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 setting them free to be themselves. So what could a goat be if it was actually free? You know, we're all we're we're all tied down to identity, aren't we? you know i'm a bearded man so what i'm a bearded man does that make me a bearded man cuz i'm a bearded man yeah think that through there is theology for this yeah so so what are what's the kind of
1: biblical rooting for what you're doing i i still don't have a clear sense of what it is you're doing with with paul you know how that how that's related to theology
0: um let's dive into the theology shall we one Corinthians fourteen thirty nine. I've gone NIV, accessible. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Full stop. What's missing?
1: Uh, well, I guess you could words of knowledge or no
0: animals. An e moles. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues for anybody. Why are we limiting that? Why are we applying that to the human? Okay. Animals can speak. It's about hearing them.
1: So, how does that relate to prophecy and
0: speaking in tongues? It's simply an example. We might hear. But maybe we need to help them to move on from that, you know, as we do with Christians. If your young Christian comes in, oh yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Blah 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 blah. Eventually, they may speak in tongues, they may prophesy, they may do things. A lot of the times, that's an encourage. That's that's kind of a a pastoral uh, journey they go on. Why are we not bringing cows, animals into the congregation, along that same journey? Along that same journey. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, no, there's obviously so, pra- so- there's, there's,
1: there's, there's there's obviously
0: practical. So you're that. trying
1: to get Paul to speak in tongues, You go to speak in that's tongues. That's where. That's and, what I think. And, and prophesy.
0: That's what yeah. I think. Well, I'm not a think. That's where I was really sure. I felt we were about to break through into when the knock came. The deep state came a knocking. You know. So I'm. So yeah, is the book finished? Probably not, because yeah, but I can't go near any hooved animals.
1: Yeah, so I guess I was going to ask now that you aren't allowed near the animals that you're trying to pastor, uh, how is it that you're continuing on with your pastoral thinking and research? Like, I guess, what does it mean to be a pastor who can't pastor?
0: I animal husband by proxy. Hmm. Interesting. Am- what does that involve? Amen for technology. So I put some of my early, like, early, uh, like, like, like a moth to a flame. I put some of my early ideas out on the internet. Kevin Costner film, if you build it, they will come. Well, I put them out there. The people came. Three people contacted me over the period of six months to ask me to talk about my work further with them. I was astounded. I contacted with them. All of them lived in America, which is strange, but, you know, it was a time zone thing. Um, Hello, America. And they were interested in doing my work, continuing my work. So I, yes, so I can Skype with them. I have, I have connections in the States who are interested in my work, and they're carrying it on. Um, we have had some teething issues. Um, there is a language barrier. You don't have badgers. We have badgers in this country. They're white and black. And the guy I was speaking to lived in a rural area. I don't think he lived in a city. It was like it was some Montana or something. And I think he it sounded like he was in the rural area. So um, mm-hmm. you have got rural areas out there, haven't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So um I said to him, Primate I don't like the idea of foxes and stuff. So I thought badger. If he could get himself if he could uh start to pastorally work with a badger, um, that would be maybe a good start. You know, just, you know, if you become a Jedi, if you want to become a Jedi, you must be an apprentice first. So I thought, look, you know, badger. Um didn't work out quite so well. I described the animal to him and um you guys have something in a, in, a, in the States which is Similar but different. Um, he he brought it into his house and um, it uh, it uh, it sprayed his house. Um, it sprayed everything and it's called a skunk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I was uh, badger. Uh, that's pre- a pretty horrendous smell.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, his mum uh, his mum wrote me a letter. Um, it got a bit nasty, but um, you know she didn't need to say something she said. But that's fine. Um, she uh, her, hello wallpaper can be replaced. Three P sweets. Sofas can be replaced, carpets can be replaced, kitchens can be ripped out and put back in. You don't have to go over the top with these things, do you? You know. Um, so we've 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 not corresponded in a short while. Okay, you mentioned teething
1: issues. Um, yes.
0: Um, so the second guy, um, really lovely guy. Um, so one day I moved to America and potentially and learn the lingo, as they say. Yeehaw! And uh, um, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. And, um, hey, you're halfway there. I am, yeah. Um, how are you, partner? Um, and, and, and learning to goat. Cause again, I described to him, I thought when we had the, after the skunk incident, we were like, I thought, oh my goodness, goat, let's just go goat. Even though I was slightly suspicious that the, the CIA, the deep state are monitoring goat sales in America. Look at people who are doing, but they this.
1: St- still need pastoralizing. They, they absolutely
0: said. do, absolutely, as hard as you can. So he, I said, I described, I, I cause we were talking on Skype, they listen. So I didn't want to use the word goat. So instead, I described the animal to him. And he said he he got hold of one. And I was like, that's excellent news because you have to talk about it. So I said, yeah, you get that animal. I said, my... Now he's explained how far my research has gone. He said he couldn't afford to spend $339 on a suit. So he was just going to try and do it without the suit. So said, well, let's experiment. Let's see how it goes. So he moved the animal into his front room and he started to try and think about getting the food and um um unfortunately the the animal uh knocked him unconscious he, he got i think the uh, he got a ram basically not a goat and so when he got down on all fours and looked it straight in the eyes i think the goat was like no thanks and uh it ran it ran at him and, and knocked him out so um so we're two from two at the moment so i really think my my i think you know it's either the deep state working against me or it's the fact that I need to learn Americanisms uh, get get a bit clearer. So, um, and you've got a third right now that you're mentoring.
1: Um. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I hope that one goes better than the first two. But I, but I guess there's always that learning curve when you're starting something new. Uh. Um. Yeah. So what are your top three tips for helping people see pasturing animals and plants from a biblical perspective?
0: Um, I traveled this road myself uh thinking about how I could you know h- h- how do you <clears throat> how do you relate to animals and, and, and plants so, so what I thought I'd go for uh, in the short term would be a um let's 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 scour the Bible as we should always start as great scholars, start with the Bible. And that will lead us to a place. So I, I <clears throat> where do you start? Proverbs. <clears throat> kicked o- kicked open Proverbs. Whew. And there before me, Proverbs 31, 13. Uh, I'll read it to you, Matthew, if you're probably not aware of it. Uh, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Now, I want to work with eager hands. Uh, I was, I can't obviously... Still can't use wool because wool comes from a sheep. A sheep is a clue, a hooved animal, so I can't really go near them. Flax, easily accessible. Uh, well, I couldn't get flax, so I went down to the this like the shop in town where they got they got they like, sell like, herbs and stuff um, <clears throat> and like m- m- new age healthy stuff. Uh, they're flaxseed, so <clears throat> I had flaxseed uh, from the shop. So I thought to be one with the the a biblical uh, item such as flax to give myself eager hands as it says in proverbs she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands i want eager hands how can i co- how can i combine myself with a plant so um, <clears throat> a flax seed crushed it down stuck it in a drink took it all Got 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 through a kilo of flaxseed in about, you know, twenty-four hours. <clears throat> um and just waited. Just let let time go and let's just see see if I could feel any 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 connection there. Um unfortunately I didn't realise that flax seed is actually a natural lax- laxative. So um <clears throat> let's leave it there, shall we? Um yeah, let's leave it there.
1: And what are your top tips for helping people overcome their fears around pasturing animals or trees? Because people might be thinking, I just can't do this. You know, my friends will think I'm weird or I'm not good with animals or I kill
0: house plants. How can I pasture them? I think find it in the Bible first. Make sure whatever you're pastoralizing, it's in the Bible. That's the first step. So um, it's going to feel weird. But I think... You know, you might find this. You write a book about the Old Testament. You might feel weird writing it, so you're going to feel a bit weird. Pavlov, he must have felt weird when he was ringing his bell, making his dogs wait for dinner. You know, where's it? Where's the RSPCA then? Eh, with the Pavlov's dog? Why they around his house, knocking on his door, going, "Don't just tease your animals. Give them some food. Stop ringing that bell." It yeah, doesn't get done by the RSPCA, does he, or the Humane Society, wherever you guys have got in America? Um, people, I think people treat plants particularly as just something of use, whether it be a piece of wood, or whether it be, you know, some kind of herbal remedy or this or that. Um I think the you know, we have to remember that, you know, you share I think something like ninety-five percent of your DNA with an iceberg lettuce. And have you not ever found yourself in, you know, a supermarket and just be like looking at an iceberg lettuce and thinking we have got 95% of stuff in common. You know, That's what I found myself doing. I stopped and I realised, it just, like an epiphany came to me when I, when I was in the supermarket. I picked up this iceberg lettuce, I held it up, 95% of our DNA is shared. So there's already some kind of like symbiotic, you know, uh, relationship between you and an iceberg lettuce. And every day you just walk past it. So I think when people ask me, "Oh, how can I? How can I? You know, how could I spend time pasturing a pasturing a plant or an or a, you know a vegetable?" Well, hello, you're you're not halfway there. You're ninety five percent of the way there. Okay.
1: I, I wanted to um, ask about a, a quote from page 15 in your book, which I thought really summed up where you were headed in your work. And it's right after a quote that you have from Chris Porter, whose work you really praise um, in biblical studies. He is studies. a hero of mine. Um, and so, after after you talk about uh, uh, Chris's work, you, you then say, and I'm quoting here, "...to understand the non-anthropic, we must go through what the Greeks called anthropos, the human, ourselves." in order to come out with new eyes, and yes, even feathers on the nose. What would you say that, in, in what way, like, has this given you new eyes? And, and to use your own phrase, in what way has this given you feathers on the nose?
0: Have you ever met Chris? Yeah. Have you actually met him?
1: Yes, I, I met him at an academic conference. Is he, is he
0: really, like, nice in person? Oh, yeah, yeah. I need to get to one of these conferences. Um, Sorry, you were saying about the book. We all have a nose. We don't all have feathers. But if we as humans had feathers on our nose, that would be the only part of our body that had feathers on it. That's so true. That is so true. Some some people
1: that read your work might be concerned that it's not just that you're trying to pastor animals, but they're actually privileging the non-anthropic over the anthropic world, you know, the non-human over the human world. How would you respond to that potential criticism?
0: I don't know. I. How do you handle criticism? You know? How does anybody handle criticism?
1: Yeah, often not well. <clears throat> you, Professor Shabatam, thank you so much for your time. As and always, for all the work. Oh, and that I just you're want to doing. shout out:
0: congratulations um, on your uh, new job. Oh, thanks. Back to the thanks. states with yeah.
1: you. Yeehaw! Yeah, we're Canada. Oh, I was it Canada. Actually, Canada, oh, um, but yeah. What a
0: yeah ice hockey. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, we'll hopefully do this again next year. Sip every month, I like to have a highlight. Every March, the end of March, I long for this. And uh, well, yeah. likewise. Again, if you see Chris anywhere, big fan. Just put put a book, or put or I'll send you a book. And if you give it to him, just get his endorsement or something. It'll be great. Okay. Okay. Sure thing. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you to the listener. You are the reason we do this.
1: You've been listening to OnScript, delectable conversations on scripture and theology. If this episode has brought you inner peace or lit your biblical fire, please consider a small donation of just two or five dollars per month. Information on how to donate can be found at onscriptstudy donate